0: Good morning. Good morning. God is so good. He woke you up this morning and that's a blessing within itself. I am your girl Sabri, and I am so very grateful to have you all listening to me on this blessed day. I appreciate all my listeners and followers that are following me on Spotify. I appreciate so much love. I'm very humbled and honored for that. Let's get right into the news. Officials are racing to get a handle on the coronavirus as the number of deaths near 1,000 in the United States and cases in two of the hardest hit states are California and New York. They thought originally that it would double every six to seven days, but now it's every three to four days, according to Dr. Mark galey Secretary of the California Health and Human Service Agencies. Right now, there are about sixty-five thousand cases of the coronavirus across the United States, and the deaths are at nine hundred and thirty-eight. The numbers spiked on Wednesday, and the deadliest day for reporting of all the cases of the coronavirus was two hundred and twenty-three deaths reported in one day alone. Just four days prior to that, the death toll stood at three hundred and twenty six. For so for everybody that's thinking that this virus is not real, it can't affect certain people, keep watching, keep making foolish mistakes. Like those kids that were down there in Florida on both the east and the west coast. Do we have your attention now that this is no joke? That kids are home? Because uh, do y'all think it's a joke because they want to be home. They don't want to go to prime. They don't want to have a graduation. People don't want to get married. I don't want to go to church. I don't want to go to the supermarket and, and, and one day be able to go to the supermarket uh, like three weeks ago when it used to be food and toilet tissue and paper towel and milk on the shelves. So, I want to know how many more moms, dads, grandparents, kids, the youngest was 17 in California, that has to die before the ones that are running wild get the picture that this is not a joke. And if you hear my frustration, yeah, I'm frustrated. I'm tired of being in the house, just like a lot of people. But if it's going to save other people's lives, I need to do what the government is telling me to do. And like I want to say, the great Dr. Phil said, let's stop listening to the politicians and let's listen to the doctors and the scientists that know about this virus. Right now, the coronavirus has forced a record 3.3 million Americans to seek benefits. That number is nearly five times higher than the previous record set in 1982. And then they're saying, even with the stimulus package, how long is that going to last? You have restaurant chains where people can't serve people. They're doing takeout orders. I just saw on HLN where one restaurant worker is now trying to sell his wine just to make ends meet. So we have to do better. We have to come in. If you don't have to go out for the essentials, food, or a job that requires for you to go on the outside, stay home. Please, stay home. This is not going to last forever. And then we'll be able to get back to the things that we love to do. Shopping, traveling, eating, having fun. This is not a fun situation. And I'm reporting every day to help someone and i'm going to keep bringing people on to let you know from city from city to city state to state how they are coping with the coronavirus i have another story that i would like to share with you all um this dummy a pennsylvania woman um she thought it was funny to go into a store and cough on food And she ruined an estimated $35,000 worth of goods by intentionally coughing all over them while the coronavirus (laughs) is going on. Now, I'm not saying that she had the coronavirus, but you know how everybody is feeling right now. The anxiety is high. So on Wednesday in Hanover Township, small grocery store where we need food this dummy yes i said it dummy went into the store and coughed over the coughed over the food now they do believe they do not believe the woman had the virus but will make every effort to get her tested and now the district attorney thank god said they have assured that they will be pursuing charges and i hope they throw the pages the chapter and the whole entire book at her because I I I, I don't want to say, I, I don't know how old she is, but I'm hoping she's young because if she's, if she's at a certain age and she did this, okay, we're going to pray for her too. But um how she thought that was funny. I don't know, but I hope they throw the book at her. In a time like this, this is I mean, come on people, really, so like I've been saying, and i'm a and I'm gonna keep saying, please, everybody, take this virus seriously. We want to continue doing our normal and daily activities, so i, I please everybody, um, I cannot stress enough for us to um, get things in order within ourselves to to help the situation. Let's listen to the person that is in charge right now and all of the different, you know, doctors that are helping us through this crisis. Um, Rome was not built in a day and this will definitely get better. So um, let's keep things on a positive note. Another thing I would like to add, and this is just my opinion, it should come from within yourself. I'm not quite understanding why I want to say the attorney general, somebody asked Kylie Jenner to say something to the American people. Well, the young people, because Kylie Jenner didn't have to say anything to me because I have good sense. And I keep saying common sense, not common for people, but that's okay. But for somebody to have to tell, for somebody to have to tell quote unquote celebrity, because y'all know how I feel about celebrities. We all the same when we see Jesus. That's just a title right here on earth, which means nothing. So for somebody to have to tell somebody, grown people to stay in the house, and they think one person is going to make a difference. Mm, That's not only mind-boggling to me, that speaks some sort of volumes. And y'all think about that, that they had to tell one person to tell a bunch of people to stay in the house that they think may work. And it might work because it's because of her, because of who she is, Kylie Jenner. But if you're grown and you have good sense and you see what is going on in America and how it is is affecting people, why do we need Donald Trump, Kylie Jenner, or anybody for that matter to tell us, okay, hey, something is going on. It's not right. They closed down schools. They stopped transportation from different countries. We can no longer get on flights. Things are off the shelf. Um, There's no food no more. Um, Nobody's outside. The gym is closed. Um, The restaurants are closed. You only can go in the bank at one time. Is it me? (laughs) Am I missing something? Okay. Well, I'm going to just leave that right there. I have a special guest on the line, and I'm about to bring him in. Um, he will be talking to you. He's a security officer um, in the prison in Fayetteville, North Carolina. I'm not going to tell you too much about him, but I want to welcome him to the Sabri show. William?
1: Good morning. Good morning.
0: How are you doing this morning?
1: I'm doing fine. How are you, my
0: sister? <laughs> I'm doing good tell me a little bit about yourself
1: well i'm 45 um i'm a father husband son brother uh, i do work at a prison where we put our life at risk every day to go inside and take care of the people that are dangerous to our community and especially during this corona virus situation i mean it's very scary for us um we wish everybody would listen to what people are saying, the experts, and stop treating this as something that's a flu because it's not a flu. This is killing people. And our lives, we're essential. And our lives are out there and we have to deal with the public and thank God they made the decision not to have visitation which a lot of people are upset about but as people are not listening they don't understand that this is something that can kill you you can always make phone calls you can always write letters we didn't put them in there they put themselves in there so don't be people who are mission essential
0: well let me ask you this Um, how is it in the prison right now dealing with the coronavirus
1: very scary i mean every day is Mm. uh, unknown that you have to go into um thank god we're getting screening when we go inside to make sure we don't have the symptoms you know we're doing everything we can to protect ourselves we're washing our hands we got gloves so we're doing all we can to and I, i will give a lot of people in our in the prison system credit for making the tough decisions and it's not always easy there's never going to be the perfect answer but we're doing what we can to protect each other
0: well let me also ask you this what do you feel how do you feel the government reacted um to the corona virus do you feel like they acted in a timely manner do you think that this could have been prevented
1: I think it could have been prevented. We just, um, when we start looking at people's expertise and looking at their job and saying that uh, they're not needed, we're causing more harm than good. The problem we have is we're not a united country. We have everybody battling against each other, and there's no true leadership in the United States right now. We can't come up with a plan together because one party wants to be right, one party wants to be They're not working together as they should for the best of the people. That's the biggest problem we have in the United States right now. We need someone to step up, and unfortunately, we're falling short on that
0: where you are at right now um you're in north carolina Fayetteville. how how is everything going there like every city has a you know a number of positive cases and deaths how is it there in north carolina
1: here in common county we have two so we're we're not doing bad here i mean it's still unknown i mean we say two and we can Say, oh, that's a good number, but who's to say what it's going to be tomorrow? I watch these numbers grow each day, and it's sad. Because right now, it's nothing that, unless people start listening and going inside and staying inside, there's always a fear.
0: Okay, okay. And you said that you are a father, like so many families that have been affected by this virus, how are your kids and your your wife dealing with this? And especially the kids, because I I think about the kids a lot because a lot of the kids, like I was stating earlier, they're missing out on the best years of their life, especially the ones that are in maybe the 12th grade year, prom and graduation. Can you tell me, can, can you elaborate a little bit and tell me how your kids are handling and coping with this?
1: Right. I have a 17-year-old. I have a 16-year-old and 11-year-old. Of course, they missed school. Of course, they're thinking about prom and everything. Um, My son's a junior, so he would have been going to prom. Next year, he'll be a senior. But I know a lot of kids in the neighborhood who are seniors. You look forward to graduating. You look forward to prom. That's tough and it's hard on kids. but the most thing that I teach my kids and um, is your health comes first. I'd rather for you to be safe. if that means you have to miss out on something, there's always you can always make it up. I hope these schools and the people run run the schools are going to do whatever they can to help these kids. To make up for everything that they're losing because this is a very important part of their life. And they worked hard for it. It's something they deserve. Graduation, we can't just say forget about graduation, we'll we'll make it once this virus is done, we need to do what we can to give these kids what they what they
0: worked so hard for. Absolutely, absolutely If you have one thing, William, to say to maybe a young person out there that does not take the coronavirus seriously with what you do every day, um, working in a facility with inmates and how it has affected the whole entire um, United States, what would be the one thing that you would be able to tell a young person um, out there that maybe think that they cannot get this coronavirus.
1: Everybody feels untouchable, especially when you're young. You're not untouchable. I remember the days when I felt like I was untouchable until I ended up in the hospital dealing with diabetes. It's a life-changing experience. I honestly thought I was going to die. I thought I was having a heart attack. You didn't tell me anything because I didn't take it very seriously. Until that day, I was in the hospital. Now I look at my life and I'm making decisions that are going to keep me here for my family. Do the smart thing. Do the right thing so that you can live your life to the fullest. Stop thinking you're untouchable. I made that mistake don't fall into the trap because the minute you fall into that trap you're stuck there
0: and i want to and i and i and i want everybody to remember that um march is autoimmune awareness month i'm glad that you shared that with us because diabetes is one of those autoimmune diseases as well out there like i talk about graves lupus Crohn's um alopecia and so many different autoimmune diseases but you just heard someone say um, that they suffer William himself from diabetes and it almost took his life and how he felt and I want to try to get him back um, on another day just to talk about um, the autoimmune diseases um, with a panel of different people. William, I want to take. I want to go to a different light. Um, just being a security officer without the coronavirus. What? What's the day in the life of being a correctional officer? Am I saying it right? Security officer, correctional officer. Correct me, please. Correctional officer. Um, yeah. Well, that's that's harder because security officers are are play cops. <laughs> So you guys, your life is a little bit harder. So help me help us to understand the American people, the day in the life going in before the coronavirus ever started. How what how is it being a correctional officer?
1: Um, it has its days. Um you walk in there and all you can do is pray that you're gonna come out the same way. It's unpredictable. From one minute, it could be quiet to the next day that you hear a body alarm in which everyone responds to. It's a lot different from being out there on the street as a police officer because you never know when your backup is going to get there. Inside of a prison, you know your backup's coming within 10 seconds. That's how quickly things can change you're one person watching between hundred to three hundred inmates by yourself. These are violent people. These are people that you don't look up because you don't wanna you wanna treat everybody the same. You wanna give everybody that respect. You don't look them up to see what they what they're in there for. But you know they're not in there for good behavior. So I always tell young people who want to get into this business don't let the things that's around your belt don't let that little badge or anything that you wear make you more than what you think you are the most powerful weapon that you carry with you every day that you go to work is your voice you need to know how to talk to people you're not above them they're not lower than you You are a person just like they are. Treat them with the same respect that you want to be treated as. The minute you forget that, you just brought problems to yourself. So don't go in there thinking, I'm in charge. At any given moment, they can take over that prison if they want to.
0: Can I ask this question? I'm, I'm being nosy now. Have you ever been assaulted? in the prison
1: before um i have twice in my career which is actually good only two assaults but nothing ever serious we deal with mental health we deal with everything sometimes when they're not on their meds they fly they fly off the next day you talk to them they don't even realize that they hit you so you have to carry around thick skin. You can't bring a situation that happened to you the day before to you to work the next day because they have a mindset of a kid. Wow. It's not... They were just off their meds. And both times I was assaulted was by a mental health inmate. Wow.
0: If you had any advice um, to the little kids um, that are growing up in certain areas around the world and they feel like sometimes they need to join a gang of that nature to be you know to feel like they're part of a family that's what when I've talked to a lot of different gang members in the past they've told me that was their reasoning for joining and I'm sure um, it's a lot of gang members within the jail system right now how what would be your approach to some young kid that don't feel like they have anybody um to depend or rely on and then sometimes they don't want to but because of maybe sometimes the lifestyle that they choose and i all and and, and i'm just very optimistic i don't feel like people have to choose those paths but sometimes when I listen to the youth they tell me well you know Mr. Sabrie, I didn't have a mom or I didn't have a dad and this is something that I had to do I had to join this gang to feel welcome to feel loved and sometimes I don't want to be here but this is the lifestyle that I chose and I'm here and you know they don't want to be there once you know they see what the real world is and when I say the real world when they see what it feels like to be in prison what do you tell a young person that maybe is you know thinking about you know I don't know joining a gang and they're like well I don't care if I go to prison this is what I signed up for what do you tell a young person like that um first thing I'll
1: tell them you know there is a better place um A lot of kids, like you said, they grow up without that mother and father figure. A lot of kids, with the economy the way it is, most families, both parents work. Both parents are so tired and all this stuff that sometimes we forget as parents that we have to make that little time. But we need our kids, our youth, to reach out to us more. As parents, sometimes we make mistakes too. If we're not giving you that attention that you're seeking, come to us. If you're a caring parent, you're going to listen to your child. And sometimes you can't brush off that stuff because it's a cry for help. Kids need to get more involved in programs. And it's sad because growing up, there was always a playground. You don't see stuff like that. They turn everything that used to belong to the teenagers, the putt-putts and all that stuff, are now clubs. So, they turn to these gangs because they want to feel welcome into something. But what they don't realize is the minute they get busted, you go in there alone. And you may act all macho and stuff, but the minute those handcuffs are on you and you're inside that prison, we see the real you. We see the tears. We see you crying at night to go to sleep. Mm.
0: Well.
1: No one want to be without The things that they get to do, the watching TV, the playing video games, being told when to go use the bathroom and all that stuff. Live your life. Be young. You don't need that gangsta. Just reach out for help.
0: Well, William, I thank you so, so very much. Um, I want to tell everybody, like I was telling someone um, yesterday, the young lady that I interviewed in Florida... I tell everybody, these are strangers. I cannot make this stuff up. (laughs) William, tell them how I met you. (laughs)
1: Uh, um, My daughter had tried out for one of your fashion shows. Um, She got accepted, and she had a fashion show practice in Columbia, which was a two-hour drive, and she was so excited. I was like, you know what? Let me go. And I heard,
0: you know, now, we were sitting okay. there. Hold, hold up, N- not at first. Remember you thought now. Remember, because now, we family now. Tell them the I, truth I, now.
1: now. <laughs> <laughs> I thought at first, I said, oh, here we go. Yep. You know, another fake thing and all this stuff. So I had to go see for myself, you know, and she was very excited. And I was just like, you know, I support my kids in everything they do. So I had to go see to make sure this was legit and we were sitting there it was at a hotel um and next thing i know i just heard this loud woman coming in the room asking for some music and i'm looking and she was so animated and i was like who is this one was like that's her i was like her i'm like what I'm like she's loud and my daughter started laughing and it surprised me because my daughter and another little girl Alyssa we the only two kids and everyone else was adults so I was like, oh my god, Malia has sent me here to the wrong practice because there's no more kids but the thing that I loved most about you that day was you never treated them any different from the adults they walked just as much as those adults did and you pushed everybody to the limit that day and i looked and i watched my daughter i was like she gonna end up saying i'm tired not one time did she say she was tired and you took time to speak to me about malia at the end of practice and it's been history since then
0: and i think it's been about what seven eight years eight years eight years ago (laughs) And this is a true this is this is a true story. Like Malia had one dream to do acting. And I took Malia under my wing. Like I I was a mentor, mother, and everything. But William, Ah. I don't wanna talk about what I did. You tell the people what I did for Malia thus so far.
1: Well, you 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 were really blunt with Malia. You gave her tough love and you told her everything she needed to do. A lot of kids can't take the the tough love that you gave her. Like you you were a true mother figure to her. You were her mother for eight years. You really shaped her and you gave her confidence. Because Malia lacked that confidence, and you gave her discipline, which I was, I loved at the moment. I was like, "Yes, this is what she needs." At that time, I was a single father, so having you in her life really made her look at herself differently. Malia gained her confidence, and you told Malia, "And out of all the agents she's had her, across the world, you were the only one who never lied to her." You told Malia you were going to get her name on the screen. I believed you over everybody else. I remember going, you sent us to California to talk to an agent. And that agent was sitting there talking about what she could do for Malia. And I said, well, I don't mind signing with you guys, but I'm letting you know that Sabri will get 10% of everything she does. (laughs) And I said, that's the only way we're going to sign with you. That has to be put in the contract. And she looked at me, and she said, I can give Malia more things than Sabree can get her. I said, you want to bet? And she said, I guarantee I can. I said, well, if you can, you can. And I remember calling you and telling you about that. Yes, and you thought did. I was crazy for yes, saying that.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, he and did. But
1: like, why in the world? You were yelling at me. You got mad at me. You're like, you could have messed up her. I was like, I don't care. I said, I am just want to keep it real with her because you really were the only person who really believed in Malia. And there was no way I was just going to, you know, take you for granted and not have you a part of that. You got Malia auditions way before they did for the same exact roles. And when they would send me stuff, I was like, oh, she already auditioned for that. And the lady would get so upset that you were doing stuff. And I was like, look, this woman's doing exactly what she promised she was going to do from day one. Malia's only dream was to be to have her name on the screen. You got her that audition. When this same agent told her on the phone, you'll never land a big role because you will never be able to memorize a lot of lines. You put Malia up for a movie. 30 Day Promise. Malia landed that role. Malia had her script memorized before the first day of filming because you had that confidence in her where nobody else did and actually won at a film festival Outstanding Young Actress because of your confidence in her
0: and that movie so, is on Amazon too as infinite. well and she, and she uh, did and and she did, she had a spot for HBO and Insecure. Um, She also did what, the T, and what, you tell them, William, the T. Like uh, this kid, this kid she, did a uh, lot. She,
1: she's done so many, I can't keep up with She's done a commercial that kids at her school recognize her in, and it's just hard to imagine all the things she's done. And Malia is, was happy. And she's she said, "I've done everything I dreamed of doing. You were the reason why she got to go to Hollywood. You took her to New York. You took her all over the country."
0: And I'm, oh. and I tell people and and William, everybody. Well, you already know how private I am in my life. Um, I don't talk about a lot of stuff that I do and that I have accomplished. Like I said, my right. work speaks for itself. Because um, I had somebody one time. What do you do or whatever? I, I don't feel like, I, I I don't know. I'm just not the person to talk about it. And the reason, the only reason why I'm talking about it today is because I'm meeting more and more models. And I and I've picked back up because last year I was kind of quiet. And I, everybody didn't know I was battling cancer. Um, I'm in remission right now. Thank God. Praise God. And um, I'm back on the grind, the love the love that i have i nobody chooses me i choose you let's get that straight and william you you know <laughs> i'm very peculiar yeah. and picky about who i work with but right. i just want to you know i i just want people to know these true stories the man that you hear on this phone i met 7 years ago a complete stranger a little girl from philadelphia pennsylvania we became family like oh, yeah. I, you know, we I'm at his cookouts with his family, vice versa. This man came and sat with me while I did chemotherapy. It does not get any better than this. Him and his family embraced me. His mom is my mom. True story. Met him seven years ago. Um, Sometimes I love to tell people, sometimes it does not matter if you have someone that is blood. They always said, you know, blood yeah. makes... Well, how did that how saying go, William? Blood makes family? No, blood don't make family.
1: Yeah, but... Um, no. no. I say everybody. going to be invited to everything. She's coming to my wedding. She's everything. We're going to be there for each other this, until we're gone from this earth.
0: Diane is my sister, his wife. Like, oh, yeah. we're so close now And I don't share people like the people that are very close to me unless... I feel the connection to share somebody like William with you, because I I, I say this again, he came and sat with me in 2017 when I was doing chemotherapy, fighting for my life with a aggressive type of breast cancer. This man drove all the way to part. Well, the hospital that I was at with the Duke university team And he sat there and he didn't have to. And I had family that knew I was going through. I'm talking about blood family. Now, one time, say, what can I do for you? Or just to see someone walk through that door and put a smile on my face at that time when I was going through this. But I had stranger after stranger. And I'm on another topic, y'all. And I do understand that came in. and. I say all that to say because these people that I met along my journey of what I love to do, they are my family now. They are my extended family. It don't get no better than this. I'm calling them when I'm doing stuff. I call them first before I call my own family because the love that they have for me is unconditional, And I receive it and I accept it. And I'm so happy. And everybody always say, Brie, you so passionate about, I'm... let me tell you something. When I work hard for somebody, I give you 110%. And if you don't give me part of you when I'm working hard for you, then there is no me and you. And everybody love to say like, "Dad, we didn't know you do this. You don't know. You not gonna know I do it. If I don't feel a connection from you, if I see how you flow, if I see how you interact with people when I meet you, will you tell William? Will tell you? I don't say a word. I sit back, I watch, and I observe.
1: Right.
0: It's just not in me. But this, and look, this man right here, I'm grateful for. This is my brother, my friend. He let me know. He knows stuff when, hey, I know her day not going good. You know, he, he's been there through, even when William, y'all didn't know what Graves' disease was.
1: Yeah, we had, we researched, and Malia really went deep, and Malia was so concerned she wants to find a cure because she loves to so much. She just, everything, she's trying to get through. She's written to everybody, news. She's written to Wendy Williams show, Ellen DeGeneres show, every show she can to get Sabri on those shows to talk about Gray's
0: disease. And and I'ma tell y'all what else this young lady did. I um, mean you can all see it on my um social media accounts under Sabree Inc. Back in 2016. Yeah. <laughs> this kid <laughs> wrote to the president of the United States at that time, Barack Obama. And I got something from the (laughs) press. I'm still in disbelief. Barack Obama and Michelle wrote me to tell me because of this kid, Malia, how much they respected me and the things that I was doing in the community y'all just don't know like ain't out of anything that I've ever done that award for the 2016 president recognition I can't I'm trying to top that but I don't think I ever will education my career none of that will ever top that in the feeling and this kid felt like and I hate to call her that because she's a grown up she's a growing lady but she know I love her um She took the time out of her schedule to write, and the president, he had to look me up, I guess do some background check to see if I was, you know, (laughs) able to be recognized for this award. I, I, you know, I did my own research. (laughs) They look you up. They don't, they don't send the award to anybody. So, um, they sent it, you know, they gave it to me and, um, I'm, it's a feeling I'm forever grateful forever grateful I mean I am and I'm gonna tell you the type of person that I am and I and I know I'm sharing too much when Malia gets her jobs and her dad is on the phone to tell you I won't even take money because God has blessed me I'm not I just it's just I, I God just gave me that talent and I just don't, some things you do, and I didn't go to school for to scout or to be able to place kids and get them signed with agencies and pay, but that's just a God's talent that I am gifted with. When that baby got her job for her big scene, um, because those people was part, um, William, correct me if I'm wrong, a part of the um, Tyler Perry production. Am I correct? Right. They were. And when she got that job, and he was saying to me well we going to pay you what did i tell you
1: He said no of course but <laughs> we always find ways we all if everyone don't know Sabree's biggest biggest weakness is food <laughs> we all every time we get with the Bree, we make sure to take her out we, Seafood <laughs> is her weakness we, <laughs> we don't we, ever let her pay
0: we eat we eat we
1: always eat <laughs> up in myrtle beach
0: we meet up wherever we can and we're eating new york everywhere everywhere yes we are eating. yes <laughs> so we, we we could go on and on with these stories but again these are some amazing great people i've met along my journey doing this for 12 years um we're going to do this again sold out show in columbia south carolina um aims 2k20 which you all know i'm raising awareness now that my brother has been diagnosed with diabetes i'm gonna be raising awareness for that as well so um this just goes to show you um it's true stories out there it's a lot people um a lot that people go through and you just don't know but um it's some great people out here. And ple please, please don't be discouraged um when things happen to you in life. Sometimes um you feel like people just do things to you all the time. They're always out to get you. Give that to God and watch God work. Mm-hmm. Give that to God. Cause I what my hashtag and I've been saying it forever, my reward don't come from it. I'm I i do not fear man. It's nothing that you can do to me. You can talk all you want to because you know how people are. They, they'll get up, pick up a phone and they'll start. I, I've talked about this before. People will pick up a phone and they'll keep talking about people. Think about it. And so y'all tell me if I'm wrong because I hear your questions coming in. That's why I'm, I'm seeing them on the screen. I shouldn't say coming in, but I see them popping up on the screen as I'm looking. And one of the questions was, what do you think, Sabree, about somebody that talks about a person without any evidence? My thing is, you will always find that one person that will talk about you and they're doing less than you. Let me say that one more time. You'll always find that one person that's talking about you that's doing less than you that'll roll over and just pick up the phone. Y'all gotta give people like that to God. Y'all gotta give people like that to God. I had something on my page where Jazzy Face said, "You leave them people in the bleachers where they at, because it may something may not happen to them that particular day, but it's coming. It may not. It, it may seem in your mind that it's coming maybe a week or a month from now." or whatever why do do i why does it seem that trouble always come my way and sometimes you have to ask yourself is it thyself or is it the environment and the surroundings and i know i'm always getting off on another topic but that that question just had popped up across the screen but it's always that one person that's doing less than you they got a whole lot to say think about that don't feed into that give that to god give that to God. If I would not be where I'm at today, and that's the reason why I'm saying all this, meeting someone like William and doing God's will and God's work and God continues to keep blessing me. A man hand that stays closed will not get fed. So, I do my due diligences and I give back. I don't always talk about stuff and everybody that knows William I am the, what? <laughs> I am. I'm stubborn and I'm so everybody says this girl is beyond private. I don't talk. But I'm glad that I have the platform right now to be able to talk and I'm talking right now um about some things and I'm getting better and I'm opening opening up. But th- this right here, this, this all goes together with what I've talked about today. And that question that scrolled across the screen, this, that was a perfect um question to talk about what I am going through right now and just meeting someone like William. And seven years later, our families are one family and I don't share all my close people to everyone. I give you a time to before I share anybody that is close to my heart. I got to make sure that you for me, that you care about me, that you love me and that you sincere for me. If I don't pick that up, you don't meet people like William. Remember that. You 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 don't meet the people that has made an impact in my life. So. I'm not going to keep holding y'all up. This was a great interview. I got William. You definitely coming back. <laughs> oh, definitely, definitely, definitely coming back. We are going to try to get you back before we close out with a couple more different people, um, that will be talking about autoimmune disease, but this was a great conversation. Um, I thank you all again. I thank my followers. I thank my, um, sponsors. um, that have been, um, following me, like, this is crazy. Um, I'm talking and I'm looking at the, the streams and the views. I'm on Spotify (laughs) y'all. Am I saying that right? (laughs) I'm on Spotify. So, um, I appreciate the love. Like I said, and I'm gonna keep saying my reward do not come from man. Faith is the substance of all things. Hope for, um, y'all be safe out there. Y'all take care. Y'all listen to what your mayors and your governors are saying. Work with our healthcare system so we can get rid of this coronavirus. And definitely so we can get to Ames um, in July and then New York Fashion Week and so many other great productions that I do. So we can keep raising awareness. And um, you all take care and God bless.